0: Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. If you build a better business, you'll be a better architect. Well, better businesses start with planning for profit. Download our free course, Profit for Small Firm Architects, at entrearchitect.com slash free course. Entree Architect podcast, episode 145. Welcome back to the Entree Architect podcast. My name is Mark Arlepage and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm Whether you're in the process of launching a startup or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. (laughs) H-G-T-V. To many of us residential architects, that's a four-letter word, HGTV. You know, very often they're, they're promoting unrealistic expectations for, for most projects regarding time, quality, budget. HGTV has made our tough job as architects even tougher. Today's guest is a successful residential architect serving the southeastern region of Michigan. And one day, about a year ago, just about a year before we recorded this episode, she received a mysterious telephone call, which led her to becoming the lead architect for the most recent HGTV Urban Oasis giveaway home. She shares her story about the experience she had of being on the inside at HGTV and how she landed that job and her quest to be a faithful representative of us, small firm architects. Thank you, Dawn. This week at Huntre Architect Podcast and architect on the inside at HGTV with the founder of Studio Z Architecture, Don Zuber. This episode of Entre Architect podcast is sponsored by True Style, the leader in high-end residential interior doors. Learn more at truestyle.com and Tanglewood Conservatories, combining the romanticism of 19th-century glass architecture. With state-of-the-art technology of today, learn more at Tanglewood Conservatories.com. Dawn Don Zuber, welcome to Entre Architect Podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for being here. This is uh, this is exciting. I'm I'm glad we finally uh, got you on the show. We've been friends for a, a long time now, um, and yep. uh, and I want to bring your story to the Entre Architect community. You are the founder and principal at Studio Z Architecture, uh, based in southeast Michigan, uh, way up north in the U.S. Um, (laughs) And we probably, you know, you and I were talking a little bit offline here about where we first bumped into each other. We can't really remember specifically, but probably social media somewhere, most likely Facebook. Um, And then we became friends uh, through CRAN. Uh, CRAN Mm -hmm. is the Custom Residential Architects Network, which is uh, now an AIA knowledge community. It originally started as an independent Organization that then uh, became an AIA knowledge community. You're the current chairperson for Cran. Yep. Um I uh, I attended the last three Cran symposiums. I spoke at the last two, thanks to you. You invited mm-hmm. me to both of them, um, and I love doing that. I, I Cran is an, an, ex, an I would say the best organization out there for residential architects. Um, by far the best um, event. The symposiums are always interesting and fun to be at, and the community that are that are um, that come to Cran are really really good people, and so it's always mm-hmm. fun to connect uh, at the Cran Symposium. Uh, and now you're famous, <laughs> <laughs> infamous maybe. <laughs> yeah, you are also the architect of the most recent HGTV giveaway house, the uh, the Urban Oasis 2016. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that's exciting. So we'll we'll talk about that as well. Um, okay. And I also, you know, through social media and being friends, I, you're also a singer in the band. So uh, that's that's yeah. that's pretty cool too. Um, so a very diverse uh, person doing lots of things, getting out there and, and uh, having fun. So it's uh, it's good to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Mark.
0: Let's uh, let's start like we always do here at Entree Architect Podcast. Let's hear your origin story. Let's go way back to where you discovered architecture. Uh, when you learned what architecture was and and what inspired you to become an architect, and then give us that that story that journey from that point to where you find yourself today okay
1: um well, when I was um five, <laughs> my grandparents moved to Florida from my hometown, which was uh, my hometown is Sandusky ohio and um they moved back when I was eleven and my grand they bought a house that they my grandma never really Loved. They bought a house just to live in, but my grandma still wanted to um, find a home that was a little bit nicer that fit them a little bit better. So every weekend for a long time, my mom and my grandma and I went and looked at model homes, and I would pick up all the um, the handouts that they gave people, like the little floor plan handouts and drawings and stuff, and I started collecting those into a folder and just really. I don't know. I started to redesign them and, and, and think of better ways, you know, where could we fit in a bar? (laughs) Because my family's home had a bar in it. Um, and things like that. But, um, so at the age of 11, I was already starting to remodel homes and design homes. And, uh, I didn't really fully understand what an architect did for probably another, um, 10 years, (laughs) but, um, but I knew I wanted to be an architect and I knew that that was where I was going. So in high school, I was really lucky. I I went to a really small school um, where we didn't have a lot of um, uh, elective classes, but I was very lucky to have an art teacher who was, was, I think she really would've, well I know she really would've preferred to be an architect, but she was um, from a generation where she was told, you can either be a nurse or a teacher. Um, so she taught art, um, and she was um, very interested in architecture. She, for my junior year, the curriculum was the first semester we spent uh, looking at slides of houses from all around my hometown and, and had to learn to identify the different styles of vernacular oh, architecture. so cool. Yeah. It was wonderful and i was also lucky enough that we had a drafting instructor who came in on his lunch hour he was an engineer and um he taught drafting and i think i think i might have been his only serious student ever you know he was so thrilled to have me and um the high school that i went to um a pipe burst in our gymnasium and flooded the floor and it it uh it became all rippled and wavy And while I was taking that drafting class, the art students um, needed to basically document the existing floor painting that was there, all all the markings on the floor, and my drafting teacher invited me to come to, as I can't imagine this happening today, but he invited me to go to his office in the evening and use his drafting table and his drafting machine to actually, you know, draw up the the floor plan of the painting that was on the floor so that my fellow art students could transfer that to the new floor. So I had that
0: commission, my
1: first commission. I was not paid to do it, but you know, it was a lot of fun. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I donated my services. Um, but that was, that was a really great experience to be able to, you know, use his table and really learn how to draft. But, um, then I, I – so all along, I knew I wanted to be an architect, and I ended up going to University of Cincinnati and um, had a wonderful experience with the co-op program there, went to different places all around the country, and even um, went to I, – I took a, um, um, a semester – what do you call it? An independent study and um, studied at the Architectural Association in London, which taught me that I was never going to be the next Zaha Hadid. I did not have any <laughs> desire to be the next Zaha Hadid but um so that's kind of that's my origin story and uh after I graduated from University of Cincinnati I met my future husband and um we ended up uh well there was one one year um a few years after I graduated all all within the same like 3 month window I took the exam well first I got married to to my husband then I took the architecture registration exam which was given as all one you know one time at that time and we moved from um, Southern Ohio up to Michigan, and then I found out I passed all of the exam, all within like this little tiny, I guess that was totally maybe five-month window.
0: Yeah, so, so a lot going on in that five months. Exactly. So did when you moved to Michigan, did you work for other people?
1: I did, yeah. I, I started out by working for a small company that there were two partners. And unfortunately, shortly after I joined the company, one of them left and moved away. Um, but that was a little, it was a little rough for a little while, but we mostly did custom residential architecture for that firm. Um, after I was there for two years, I went to another company that did, um, and I, I kind of knew this was just an interim step. I needed to, to think about what was my next thing. So I was
0: with a company for a year that did like
1: um, office buildings and and school
0: buildings and yeah, just and to put your like toe that. toe in the water and make sure that check that box off. Yeah,
1: yeah. I had done a lot of non residential stuff during my co op period too, but um, but but I tried to get as much residential experience as I could because I just knew that I enjoyed working with homeowners. That designing homes was important to me, and although a lot of architects don't think of it as a really important. Part of our field, I think it's. I think it's really critical that people live in homes that reflect who they are.
0: So. Yeah, I agree, and and I think that's changing. I think. I, 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 I think so too. I, I think, um, uh, through crayon, I think that's a big part of it. And I think individual small firm architects and and residential architects uh, are demanding their respect in the profession. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, they're being recognized as a, a major contributor to the profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, we certainly. You know, even even the the um, and it's not all custom residential architecture, you know, that that are, you know, residential architects are involved with. So um, and the more we are involved, the more, you know, the more influence we have on the developers and the other people who are building the majority of the homes in our nation. So. Right. um, Absolutely. a, A critical piece of our puzzle in this profession. Um, so how did you get involved with Cran, speaking of residential architecture? because you know, now you're you're running the show over there with, <laughs> with your team. I mean, you're with the, my team, you're the chairman. um so w- what is what is the um what's the story there? How did you find your way to to leadership uh, at Cran? Um,
1: well, you know, I was actually there when Cran first started, but I didn't realize it. I went to um I was at the the origin story for Cran is that. Um, that somebody organized um, a pre-convention workshop in Los Angeles, I think about 15 years ago, and maybe not quite. Um, And um, it was about residential architecture and a a group of people remained after that. I was at that pre-convention workshop, but I didn't, for some reason I didn't stay after, I think I might've had a tour to go on or something. Um but a small group of people stayed after that, and that's where Cran really started there was I, I know John ish was involved and yeah. um um drew um porth and there were Luis Hadtterge and lots of other people that are still involved with cran um were kind of that core group of people that started cran um so there was for a while there was a listserv um where people had like a discussion listserv where People would post questions or or ideas or you know I don't even remember some of the topics of conversation but um, John Ish was on that and I one of my co-op pro, um, jobs when I was in Cincinnati was at John's firm. In fact, I I worked with John and his partners at the time, Mike Malk and um, uh, Rod Sidley, um, who started his own firm later um I worked with the three of them while they actually were buying the firm from the previous owner's widow um he passed away very young uh, but anyway so I knew John from from probably 1988 or thereabouts and when I saw his name on the listserv I got more involved and started interacting a little bit and at at one point Um, John put out a call for volunteers to get involved with CRAN, and I think probably about six months later, I contacted him and said, you know, if you're still interested, I would love to get involved with with the Custom Residential Architects Network, and he was very happy to have me, and and, um, I'm really happy that I did that. I've been involved on the Custom Residential Architects Network Board of Directors, which we call the Advisory Group, or AG, um, since about 2009, and I've just learned so much and gotten so much from being involved with this wonderful group of people who know so much about what we do.
0: So talk, talk more about what Cran is and what it does.
1: Yeah. Crayon is a knowledge community within AIA um, and knowledge communities. I don't remember exactly when they came into being, but I think it was in the early two thousands um, when AIA decided to sort of allow members to organize themselves into smaller groups of um, people who had particular interest areas. Um, So there's like a community for people who do just architecture for justice. And there's a community of people who do um, healthcare architecture. And there was no, those there, I think all of the knowledge communities except for CRAN were formed when AIA decided to do this and to to have smaller groups available. And um, the knowledge communities are really intended to give people support within their specialty areas um, to allow those smaller groups to to provide education and, and specialized um, well, really specialized education for people who specialize in different areas. So um, the Custom Residential Architects Network is I, was the first grassroots knowledge community where we formed ourselves outside of AIA or, you know, sort of we are all AIA members or most of us were, most of us still are. But we started as a grassroots effort from the bottom up and we came to AIA and said, hey, Custom residential architects are not represented. There was a housing community, but right. the housing community mainly focused on multifamily housing and not single-family custom homes. So we petitioned AIA, and AIA had no process in place for actually approving grassroots um, knowledge communities. So we kind of had to get AIA to think about that and, and let us in, basically. But they did, and – and um, I'm not remembering the exact year we we became a knowledge community, but it was within the past five years or so. Yeah,
0: that sounds about right, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah
0: yeah so um and david David Andreazzi was also one of those original members, right?
1: I don't know if he was one of the original members, but he is a past chair. He yeah. was chair um two years ago,
0: yeah, I mean, the reason I bring it up is because I think he was involved in that merge as an to become a knowledge community i think he was part yes, of that. yes he part was of, part of that group
1: he, he was very involved in that
0: yeah yep um and now he's he's in another group leading another group um yep and so so uh and, and the symposiums are really like the highlight of it i mean there's the knowledge community online you know they have um uh a forum that you can go to and you can talk to people on the forum uh they have resources for residential architects but really they the the highlight and the, the focus of Cran is their annual symposium. Um, yeah. Three years ago when I first – my first one was in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year, not this past one, but the year before this past one, was in, um, uh, in Minnesota, in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. this past one was in um, Sonoma in California. And mm-hmm. so it's uh, it sort of bounces around different places. Next year it's in Miami, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so it's sort of going – All across the United States Um, talk a little bit about the symposium itself and uh, Mm -hmm. and how that's organized and and uh, because it's not just you know a bunch of speakers it's sort of an entire uh, so it's three or four days of events
1: yes yeah it's it's typically it's been three and a half days of, um, and we, and we have a home tour typically that's occupies most of one day. Um, we also organize cocktail receptions every evening because we are a group of people who likes to work hard and play harder as James <laughs> Walbridge often says. Um, but we, um, uh, and we also try to organize, uh, or at least ask our sponsors to organize networking dinners, um, for attendees. Yeah, and then we have, those go are ahead. Always fun.
0: The, the dinners yeah. are, are a lot of fun.
1: Yes, and then we have, as you said, educational sessions, and um, we also have a sponsor showcase. And this is pretty much the big event that Cran does. Although we try, we've had other projects that we've done in the past, and some have been more successful than others. Um, but um, but the symposium is by far the most popular, and the the I think the event that touches the most people, because not only does it happen live in person as you've experienced three times but it also um, for the past couple of years has been broadcast live on house live streamed for people to watch from afar and that's how I had to enjoy it this year
0: um, <laughs> yeah as chairperson you could not show up
1: <laughs> I could not be there for a very good reason but um, but also we record those um, Educational sessions, and then many of them are available on AIAU for people to watch later for credit. and And your session has was um, set on AIAU last year, and I hope Correct. that yeah. it's. I think it's going to be again this year. I'm pretty sure. I saw the list. I don't remember for sure. Yeah, whose it, was?
0: It was. It was fun last year. I did a solo uh, presentation about the twelve steps to success in architecture. Uh, Mm -hmm. which which was also a podcast, because as soon as I finished that, I actually recorded the same presentation as a podcast. So you can go go search for that. We'll put that in the show notes if you're interested. And then this year, I I sort of wanted to step sort of behind the scenes. I still became moderator, but but I invited three other architects uh, and and sort of set up a different format where the three architects shared their their architecture like we always do. You know, we love to see the 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 beautiful photos and, and the success stories. But then we talked about, and, I, and the presentation name was "Behind the Design," and so the idea was to talk about the business of how those projects came about. and And, uh, and we had so much fun, and, and uh, I learned a lot. You know, we had we had a very diverse panel. We had a, 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 a Greg Matola from Boland Jackson, Jim Zach from Zach Devito Architecture, and Marika McKeel of Studio MM. Uh, very large firm, mid-sized firm, small firm, um, developer, traditional and developer is the middle. Jim Zack does both. And then bolin Swinsky jackson is just traditional architecture. You know, traditional form, not the style, but the traditional, you know, client-based services. So we had a very diverse panel talking about how they do their architecture. And so it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm hoping to come back with another idea in in Miami Uh, to do something uh, again in Miami. We'll see. We'll see if you guys let me, let me in and and if uh, we can find up a a new way to do things.
1: Well, I, I think, uh, I, I can't speak totally on behalf of the symposium planning committee, but we are having a meeting tomorrow and, and uh, I'm sure we'd love to have you back if you can come up with something, which I'm sure you can.
0: Well, you can definitely make my uh, interest official. You can. Okay. And so, uh, and, and James has also asked me, so, uh, so it'll, it'll. I'm definitely interested in, in doing something. I don't know what we'll do, but um, yeah, you know. So we'll we'll come back. So anybody who's interested, Miami is the next one, and uh, that's going to take the Cran Symposium 10x. When you're talking about <laughs> hanging out in Miami, it is going to mm. be a fun fun time. I mean, it's pretty hard to top Sonoma. So to go to Miami after Sonoma uh, should be a good 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 time. Yeah. And it's uh, yeah. and what I really love about Cran is that 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 it's an intimate event that it's about two hundred people, two hundred fifty mm-hmm. people or whatever, um, and it's one track. So it's not like the convention where you know you have to pick, you know, everybody's on the same track. Everybody goes to the same breakfast. Everybody goes to the same presentations. Everybody goes to the same house tour. So you become friends with these people, and and you see them every year. So if you go back and everybody else goes back you meet these people and you you create bonds with them and friendships and so uh even outside of the symposium you create this network of support and and uh and encouragement for residential Mm -hmm. architects it's a it's a it's it's a great organization and a lot of fun um but you couldn't go this year you missed sonoma um which was terrible uh but (laughs) tell us why you had to miss sonoma
1: yeah, well, as you mentioned earlier, I I designed the uh, Urban Oasis 2016 giveaway home for HGTV this year, and although they scheduled media day back in February, uh, that's when they picked the date for media day. At least around then, um, media day ended up being the Tuesday, the same Tuesday, right smack in the middle of our our symposium. And as soon as I found that out, months before, I said to the HGTV team, um, is there any chance that date could be moved forward or backwards? Because even if it was the day before, right. you know, I could still have gotten out to Sonoma for the rest of the symposium. But, um, but being that it was Tuesday and the symposium went from Sunday through Wednesday – Sunday through Thursday, um, there was just no way with the time difference and the the time involved in flying out there that I could make it for any part of the symposium, which was just heartbreaking to me. Um, I was intimately involved with planning the symposium in Sonoma and, um, that made it really hard not to be there.
0: We missed you. And, and your absence was, was very apparent, you know, it's, uh, I, I, look forward to hanging out with you and, and seeing you. And I know how much effort you put into it and to not, to not be there to experience all your hard work. Um, I could imagine that it was crushing, but, but I, yeah. but for the, for what you had to leave it for must've been pretty exciting. Hey, let's take a quick break here to say thank you to two of our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, True Style Doors and Tanglewood Conservatories. Because as Platform Sponsors, these two companies, they've provided funding and support for our overall mission to become an influential force in this profession of architecture. They recognize the need for us, our small firms, to build better businesses in order to be better architects. And both of these companies are run by great people. They're passionate about their products and they want to share their knowledge with you. So they're sponsoring us. So connect with them. Say thanks for sponsoring Entree Architect, and then go specify their products. I would not be talking about them if they didn't have exceptional products, so go check them out, and by supporting them, you'll be supporting us. True Style is passionate about providing us small firm architects with the inspiration and the tools to transform our designs with the most distinctive, the most authentic, the most special doors you will find anywhere. With more than 400 made to order styles, True Style offers premium MDF doors for painted applications. That's what we use. And 20 standard species of wood across all architectural categories, from traditional to contemporary and everything in between. Every True Style door is made to order. True Style driven by design. Visit TrueStyle.com and start designing your doors today. That's True Style, T R U S T I L E. Dot com, And Tanglewood Conservatories. They custom design and build authentic residential and commercial conservatories. They combine the romanticism of 19th century glass architecture with state-of-the-art technology and master craftsmanship. And whether your designs call for a pool enclosure, a gazebo, a greenhouse, or even a, a unique light-filled living space, Tanglewood Conservatories will help you create a custom masterpiece for your clients. Tanglewood Conservatories, anything else, <laughs> is just another room. For more information, visit com. That's TanglewoodConservatories.com. So go check out these companies today and let them know that Entree Architect sent you. To tell us about... Um, Tell us the origin story of the uh, Urban Oasis Project. How did you get involved with that? <laughs> well, that, I think, was a lot of luck.
1: Um, apparently, they, uh, the Urban Oasis team scouted, I don't know how they decided on Ann Arbor. That I believe it had something to do with um, one of the vice presidents at Scripps Networks, um, knowing the city and, and being attracted to the city because of uh, family living in the in the area, but when I got when I got the call, um, they had already purchased the house that that you see on the show, and they told me uh, I got this phone call while I was down eating lunch. I was working from home at the time. I was down in my kitchen eating lunch. I went back upstairs and I I listened to my voicemail and this um, phone message said. This guy said, hi, my name is Scott blah, blah, blah. I couldn't understand his last name. And um, I'm working, I'm a contractor from Tennessee, and I'm working with an, an investor who bought a house in Ann Arbor, and they want to remodel it, and we'd like to talk to you. And I said, I thought to myself, well, I'm so busy right now. I'm going to wait and call this guy back later, because I just don't have time to fit this job in. So a couple hours later, I got a phone call from a realtor who I knew from a, from a mutual client, and she said, "Don, I, I know that my client just called you. And I said, oh, Deb, I, I'd love to talk to him, but I'm really busy right now. And she says, okay, well, if you're really busy, that's fine. I'll stop talking now. But she said, I really think you should call him back. You won't regret it. So I was like, you won't regret it. Huh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, that's, that's, that's weird. a big phrase. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I said, she said, I can just set up an appointment for you tomorrow. You know, can you be there at the house tomorrow at 11? and i said sure you know go ahead set up the appointment i'll be there that's fine it just happened to work into my schedule so after we hung up i i thought well this is really intriguing why did she say you won't regret it so i i didn't have the guy's last name like i said it sounded like blah 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 um, but i had his phone number so i did a google reverse lookup on his phone number and um his Bio on his own website. He was really a general contractor. He was really from Tennessee, but his bio said that he had been on a couple of HGTV shows in the past. And so I was like, oh my God.
0: Putting, <laughs> I think I'm putting I, the pieces together.
1: Yeah, I might be auditioning for something. So anyway, so the next day I went to the meeting and I, I did my usual shtick. You know, it was only a half hour. Um, but we walked through the house. I had my clipboard. I made a lot of notes. I asked a lot of questions. I made some suggestions. I joked about the the really awful 1970s pink and blue um, wallpaper in the front bedroom that we, you know, we definitely have to salvage that and reuse it. And um, I honestly didn't think I did that well. But the next day I got a call and they said, you know, we want to hire you to do this project on Spring Street. And by the way, uh, we need to tell you what we're really doing. And that's when I was um, let into the the secret, which understanding a project like that can really take a lot of time. Like understanding, not only understanding what they want to do, but understanding the need for secrecy and understanding their process and how this is going to all happen really fast. And um, I mean, they needed a design. They hired me in early November I didn't really get started on the project until right around Thanksgiving. I went so year, and measured a, it. A year ago. A year ago, yep. I went and measured it um, almost exactly a year ago, the day before Thanksgiving. And I did all the as-builts on Thanksgiving. I think I we went out to dinner with friends, but then I came home and worked. <laughs> and um, luckily, my calendar just kind of miraculously opened up where all these clients who I thought were going to be demanding things during December. There was very little need for me to work on anything else it was just bizarre so everybody just sort of went away for the month of december and i did the you know the as-builts um with a little help from one of my uh, sub consultants in in november and then started designing and by the first week of december we had the design nailed down and then i did construction dar- drawings um in the rest of the month I did so I did what normally I would say takes a minimum of 4 months I condensed that and was able to do it in about 5 weeks because I started like I said the day before Thanksgiving and I finished the construction drawings for the main part of the project on New Year's Eve
0: and that was and I had, that was their their deadlines you were hitting
1: that was their deadlines yeah they wanted to start construction the first week of January and they did they did um replace two foundation walls while I was doing the drawings in December that was something they did without I did some very simple drawings for that um but and then I did the construction drawings for the main house and then we had to do a new another set of construction drawings for the garage and screen porch that came a little later and then we had to do revise the construction documents for the main house to add the front porch which we had to get a, a zoning variance for so And you went through
0: all the same approval processes, processes Mm -hmm. that anybody else would have gone through, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then how you were involved all through construction as well?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably more involved during construction on that project than I am on many of my other projects, um, because for two reasons, one is, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that it was built well, you know, according to the plans. But, um, you know, there was, there were a little higher stakes there when it's going to be seen on TV by millions of people. Um, not that I don't want to work hard for all my other clients, but you know, that, but the other part of it was I was very interested in seeing the production process and they, they totally welcomed me to be there anytime they were filming. And, um, I was able to kind of observe how they put together the show too, which was really fun.
0: Yeah. And you were representing residential architects on HGTV. I was doing
1: my very best. And by the way, I did mention to them at least twice that, um, it, you know, most residential architects really hate HGTV because of the fact that they tend not to really talk about how much things cost and how long things really take. But um, that was very well taken.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for advocating. I uh, was
1: doing my best.
0: Yeah. Yeah um so that's 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 pretty exciting so what is um has anything come about after that other than you know your global fame?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten that yet um no. i uh i not really i mean I've gotten some interest from people who have found me through that project and and um but you know it's too soon for any projects to really come out of it yeah. uh because the you know i wasn't the the Announcement media day announcement um, was really when I could tell people that I was involved or really show people what I did. I was able to announce my involvement in July when they announced the location of the show. Um, But it was very controlled. You know when I was allowed to say and what I was allowed to say. Um, Anything I wrote or um, or or published about the show, like on Facebook, I had to run that by um, the script's legal team. You know, to make sure that it was all approved by them. Um, so, so the um, from I've only really been able to talk about this since
0: July. So, it's, it's, describe the project. What it, what it, what it is, and what it was.
1: Well, it was a little tiny sort of bungalow, one-story bungalow in Ann Arbor with a full basement. It was nine hundred square feet, roughly, and uh, there was a you came in the front door, which was right in the middle of the house in the front. And you were in the living room, to the, and that went over to the left side, and then straight ahead of you was the dining room. And behind the living room next to the dining room was a little tiny kitchen, little U-shaped kitchen with a, that was um, – the space between the, uh, the counters was just barely wider than the little 30-inch range that was there uh, to, to work in. And, uh, and then to the right of the front entrance was two little tiny bedrooms and a little tiny bathroom. And there was a very tall attic that seemed big enough to finish. You know how that is? You go up and you look and you're like, oh, this this right. looks really spacious. But then when you really start drawing out, like trying to get a shed dormer on the back, you realize that it's just not tall enough. So we had to take off the existing roof structure. Basically, we they gutted the interior of the house, took out all of the interior walls, and then took everything off from the top of the double top plates up. And so that's all new, all new floor structure, um, all new roof. Um, although I designed it very carefully to look as if it, it was part of the neighborhood. It, it, you can't, you wouldn't know from standing in front of that house today that it wasn't always like that. And that's something I really pride, pride myself on.
0: Yeah, I agree. It looks, it looks original. I didn't even know that they pulled the, the roof off.
1: Yeah. The roof is all new from the
0: top plates up. So the, the, um, in order to, you said you didn't know how you got this project, that it was luck. Um, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it was luck because you do you do marketing very well. Your, your website is very well developed um, and you're all over social media and it's well presented uh, and it's consistent with your brand. So your brand is consistent. So when somebody, whether it's a client or a TV show, um, is looking for an architect in your region, they're finding you. And mm-hmm. so, so I'm not sure it was as, as as much of luck as your previously hard work and determination and your focus on a target market of residential architecture. It's something I talk about all the time. You mm-hmm. are a residential architect um, mm-hmm. and that's everything that your brand says is, is all about residential architecture and why you love it so much and how you, know, how you treat your clients. And, um, and so it's very well presented and your brand is consistent throughout your social media and your website. And so, well, thank you. I I doubt it was lucky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think maybe the only luck may be that they chose your region for the house. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but other than that, uh, I think that you know they they found you pretty quickly. I would suspect, and uh, and and your audition went well, and you're a friendly person and you're personable and you were knowledgeable, and so I'm I'm not surprised that they chose you. Well, thank you, Mark.
1: They they did actually tell me they found me on House. So there um, you go
0: in your house profile. You're a power user on house. So, um, (laughs) and you can tell it's very well put together. You have 15 reviews. I'm actually looking at your page right now. Um, and And, anybody wants to take a look at it. It's house.com slash pro slash studio Z arch, A R C H. Um, and if anybody's who's looking for a, you know, an example of what you should be doing on house, go there and look at what Don's doing because, um, and I know through interaction, you're also a member of entree Architect academy um mm-hmm. through our interaction at the academy that that you get a lot of interaction through house you get a lot of of connection and and um of leads coming through house and so uh it's a it's a powerful tool for you
1: yeah, yeah, it is, and not all of them are great leads, but there yeah. there's certainly i do get a lot of inquiries through house. Um, but I also get a lot of questions from people like, "What color is that wall paint?"
0: Yeah, yeah I get those every day.
1: <laughs> Everybody every gets day. those. It's yeah. so funny. I finally, I finally started asking my clients to give me a list of the paint colors and finishes because you know that I can put them on a house and hopefully, you know, head off those questions. Right. or at but at least I still give them get... something
0: to point them to.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I still get those questions though. Yeah,
0: we have we have one specific project, a kitchen project. That almost every day I get questions on things like that. You know, yeah. what color are the cabinets? What color is the, the, where do you buy the tile? You know, and that's, you get a lot of those on house, but you yeah. also get, you know, I've gotten several projects through people mm-hmm. who've, who've found us on house. Uh, yeah. And so it's definitely, and, and I'm not, I don't pay for any of it. I don't do any sort of paid plan. It's just a, an organic search when they're finding yeah. us, but it's a complete profile for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Are you doing any paid? paid I am with them?
1: yeah I yeah. am a pro plus user and um it that is that is an investment um what I think I get from it though is a lot of support from house and help with how to fill out my you know how to make sure that my profile is a good strong profile um I get you know I get touch base calls a lot with my my pro plus account liaison um I have thought hard about whether I continue that or not because I do I do believe that a good strong uh profile is enough to get you the attention. Yeah. But um it's kind of one of those things where I've been doing it so I continue doing it cuz yeah. I do like the support from them.
0: Yeah. And you know it works if you've seen it work. Yeah. So and and they do. They push you they push the paid the paid profiles to the top. Yeah. Um, and so your profiles are coming up uh, above the ones that are are not paying. So mm-hmm. there is an advantage to that. If if you if you're investing in house as a tool for marketing, uh, it's probably a very wise investment. It's not something that we focus on at our, our firm. We have it. So it's you know, when if we're going to invest our brand into a format, into a platform, we're doing it all in. So it's, mm-hmm. it's fully developed, but it's not you know, we don't spend a lot of time there and we don't really focus mm-hmm. on that as one of our our main strategies. But if you are, as you are, um, mm-hmm. I think it's probably a wise investment. Um, so I think I I had one the the question that I was going to ask you before is that the Urban Oasis project was a renovation and I know that most of the giveaway homes that that the New Year's Day giveaway homes which they've been doing for years which I always look forward to um, uh, have always been new houses and so mm-hmm. is this is this have they done renovated home giveaways before or is this the first mm-hmm. one?
1: They've done it it's it's they have done it before they um they've done i think about i think this is the seventh urban oasis that they've done but it's only the second one where it's been uh, a a renovated single family home the prior ones have been renovated condos mm-hmm. or you know high rise buildings and so if you look up past urban oasis projects you can actually find links to the old the old um projects. I remember one was like a high rise in Atlanta. I can't remember all of them, but, uh, but then they decided to really focus on, uh, single family homes because that's kind of what their audience is interested in, you know? So they decided to change it to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's a great project. Um, I love, you. I love talking to you about it. I love hearing behind the scenes and how it worked. Um, and thank you for your, your service at CRAN. It's, uh, it's a great organization, and I appreciate you being there as a leader. Well, thank you very much, Mark. That means a lot. Yeah, and thank you for joining me here today at the podcast. It's uh, This has been a great conversation. Your website is yeah. studiozarch.com for anybody who wants to go see a great website that's put together well for a residential architect, very focused on what you do. Um, thank you. The house profile, again, is housecom slash pro slash studiozarch. Um, and you're on Twitter at Don Dawn Zuber, D-A-W-N-Z-U-B-E-R. Uh, so if anybody wants to connect to you on on Twitter, you can do that. Before we go, I want to ask you that one final question that I've been asking a lot of my guests recently. What's the one thing that small firm architects can do today to build a better business for tomorrow?
1: Well, the one thing that comes to my mind is to get involved in that it, it, in whatever you're Whatever you choose to get involved in. But, uh, for example, CRAN like we discussed earlier is a great opportunity for people to meet other architects who do what they do. If you're a custom residential architect, it's wonderful to have another a network of of other custom residential architects that you can call on with questions. But another thing that that I'm involved in is our local NARI chapter, the National Association of the the Remodeling Industry, and that's wonderful because I get to meet contractors who do work. You know and and I can refer them and they can refer me, uh, but I think being involved is a really a great way to get uh, leads and to get potential um, sort of teammates for projects, potential contractors, and things like that. So
0: yeah, it builds your network. And and when it you, does, and when you take leadership positions beyond mm-hmm. just showing up, you know, and just mm-hmm. go to meetings, when you take leadership positions, it really ten x's that that opportunities that that you have for you, you are looked at as an expert, Um, you're looked at as a as a resource. Um, Mm -hmm. And so your network grows exponentially when you become a leader in one of these organizations. And so that's a great, a great suggestion for the one thing that small firm architects can do. Um, Get involved, go out and (laughs) find something that you're interested in that you're passionate about. Um, Get involved in that organization and go go see how you can become a leader in it. See, see Mm -hmm. if you can uh, be a, a director or a chairperson um, and see what it will do for your career uh, and your life. So Don, thank you very much for sharing that. Uh, and thank you for taking the time out to be with us here today at Entre Architect Podcast. Yeah, my yeah. pleasure, Mark, thank you. Complete show notes and a direct link to download this episode will be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 145. And don't forget to visit the website over at Entree Architect to gain access to our digital course Profit for Small Firm Architects and learn how to build a powerful profit plan that will work for your small firm. Visit entrearchitect.com right there on the homepage, click the button, hundreds of architects have already taken this course. It's a great place to get started building a better business and it's free right there at entrearchitect.com. My name is Mark Arlapage and I am an entrepreneur architect and I encourage you to build a better business for you can be a better architect. Love, learn, and share what you know. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.